1: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malvro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis.
3: All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, they got the big LSU Ole Miss game this week, ESPN game. Day is going to be there. They have a great menu. They have 136 draft beers. You probably will need them all. You might have even needed hard drugs. Of course, that's illegal. The Pelican House would never sell you those. But they would keep the draft beers coming as long as you needed them to black out during the Saints games. Uh, the and
2: Pelican- the Duckburg. Duck braised,
3: duck braised nachos goes the duck braised nachos are so good it would have eased the pain of the saints game yesterday by like 20 percent
0: yeah ralph the saints played the panthers in uh 2008 and they lost they they were up um let's see they were up uh, 30 to 17 at one point and 23 to 3 in that game and lost oh my god i i i yeah, sorry. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Ralph Ralph was basically telling us before this podcast started that uh, this was the worst regular season loss <laughs> in Sean Payton history. And so I basically went back through the archives and listed about seven different games yeah. that were worse.
3: <laughs> they were all worse. <laughs> Recency bias. Recency bias.
0: Hmm.
3: So I think Held had to bail on us.
0: Um, oh, he's gone already? Yeah. Wow. Did he even get a word in? I think he didn't.
3: <laughs> but he's back. Hell, do you
0: back? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. I wasn't worried. I thought maybe you had a bail
3: for work. Uh, yeah. No. Juge just n- neutron-bombed me with recency bias, me saying this is the worst loss in Sean Payton the Sean Payton era. That's why I need a good editor or a, 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 like a team of editors because Channel 4, they do a good job, but they don't know Saints history like juge does you know they don't have somebody to go back in the archives and like list like eight horrible saints losses um juge just listed about five of them i I totally juge because they're so painful i just want to black them out
0: yeah well i think the one we listed which was for me i i kind of remember after that game feeling somewhat similar to the way i feel now but (laughs) maybe even slightly worse was uh, the Katrina year, or not the Katrina year, the uh, the Sean Payton-Bounty Gate year where he wasn't there. I don't know if you count that as part of the Sean Payton yeah. era, but um, the Kansas City game. The Kansas game. City. The Kansas yeah, City. I remember the Saints being up 24-6 to 6 or something in that game, and uh, Jamal Charles <laughs> rips a 90-yard run, and then the Kansas City just keeps kicking field goal after field goal after field goal. They tie it, and then they make it on an overtime. Um, that that was one of the worst blown games I think yeah. I've, in Saints history. Yeah.
3: That was like the that was like the the Saints are gonna suck in 2012, and they don't have Sean Payton, and they're screwed. That was yeah. what that game symbolized.
0: All right. Well, I, I think this one hurts so bad, obviously, just because it was a chance to go three and three. Carolina and Atlanta had both lost, and I think when you when you mention recency bias, there's also we, we've already seen this a couple times. I think it's more painful as you go and, yeah. and they keep doing the same thing to you.
3: Atlanta was painful but then they had the shit show in Cleveland at the end where they looked like uh, Benny, they needed the Benny Hill music. They looked like Keystone Cops. And then they had Yesterday which was a complete implosion.
0: Well the most frustrating thing is that they played so well up until that point. That That's the thing that I think really gets you. I think in in both Cleveland and Atlanta you kind of left feeling like well they kind of deserved it. Um, I didn't feel like they deserved it this time. I mean, I even though they they blew it and, and they lost, I, I just felt like man, they were the better team. I just can't believe the way that Matt Stafford played. He was rewarded with a victory. No,
3: and they've I even mean, they've so
0: even, frustrating.
3: They even fell ass backwards into a turnover, which they never do.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: So Kevin, yesterday during the Poets game show, me and you were just like there was a lot of dead silence because we were just like I don't even know. After having a day to like have it soak in, what is the thing that just haunted you in the night and today as you just replayed it in your mind? What was is is there what's the one moment where you just went, God, how did that happen?
2: One, I don't, I don't think I've got one, like it doesn't, like the one moment doesn't beat me over the head like the uh, like the Frisco playoff game, you know, like, like that there's. There's not – like this is just – I just keep telling myself they were up 13 with like five minutes to go.
3: Four minutes to go, and they had a third and 15. I feel like if they stop Detroit there, there's like a 50% chance that Caldwell punts the ball to them back because he's that kind of coach.
2: Right. So um, Yeah, just – I. I I don't know, man. Just uh, like th- that's that's all I keep. Uh, that's all I was thinking, and then I managed to sort of get it out of my head for a couple hours when I came to work. And then some some jackass at work was like,
0: "Dude, Kevin, what's going on with your Saints, man? They can't close Ugh, games." That's I'm the like, worst. Don't start that's with
2: me. the worst. Don't start with me. I got I
0: got
3: I, I got shit from the one guy. He's a good guy, but he's a Cleveland fan, so I just gave it right back to him. I'm like, you. Acted exactly like the Cleveland Browns do when you people can't handle success, and he just hung his head. Um, but, Andrew, uh, before we I mean, I
0: discuss- want to answer that question. I mean, the thing for me that keeps haunting me is the Raphael Bush pass- flag. I mean, oh you know, it was just that Stafford threw an awful pass, Reggie Bush wasn't even looking. Um, the ball, I think, was uncatchable. Um, you know, and, and it was one of those things where I think even if there, you agree with the call there, you could make the argument that it was an uncatchable football. Um, but I, I, again, I, I, you know, just so many things like why did the referee have to throw the flag there? I thought it was a weak call. They had another um,
3: horrible pass PI against Dixon.
0: Did yeah. I know
3: that shit was uncatchable there?
0: Not only that, but yeah, they, they, he tripped him because they, their feet ran into each other, yeah. you know, I mean, that, that, that happens, but no, I, that that's the most frustrating thing for me is that penalty because that that was the game. You know, the the defense actually made a great stand, a great drive, and then of course when you give them an automatic first down there, you're not going mean, to. They're going to the they're, they're going to end up scoring. Yeah. You know, and so that that I really felt like the refs handed yeah. them the game, and that's, Andrew, that's frustrating.
3: Andrew, me and you argued back and forth on text messaging. You, I I you saw your grades today;
0: they're outstanding as usual.
3: But I argued that you gave Drew Brees too high of a grade because my argument was that interception at the end, was so critical that he needed to be bumped down like a letter grade. Um, That interception was so bad, Andrew, it needed an NC-17 rating attached to it. Like, (laughs) that was all him.
0: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet.
1: The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
0: It really was. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like he didn't learn his lesson. I feel like at least he took a sack. You know, he didn't try to do anything crazy in this game. And the thing that's so disappointing is this really was his best game of the season. I mean, up until that point, he really played close to flawless. And, um, yeah, just uh, once again, just trying to do too much. You know, I think I think he's putting too much pressure on himself um, to make, you know, these plays that he used to make instead of taking what the defense gives him. And um, it, it's been a bad year for Breeze.
2: Kevin? Juge, Juge what grade did you give Breeze? I think I gave him a what was it
0: Ralph a B minus B minus yeah I mean I I mean I looked at it this way I really thought that for you know he missed a couple of throws early you know he he missed uh, Colston on that seam play and when, where he was wide open on the opening drive and then he missed a deep ball to Meacham but then after that I mean he he went on a run I would say of about twenty five passes where straight where he was a plus quality yeah well I mean, he literally played his best football of the season. He, he let so you know when I when I aggregate everything, it's I, I kind of look at it this way: if a guy has like an A plus or an A going into the final exam, and then he gets a D minus on his final exam, that that probably yes, that probably drops him a, a whole letter grade, or maybe slightly more than a whole letter grade. But it doesn't erase what he's done over the course of the year no. to deserve that B minus.
3: No, we're we're equivalent with it. I mean, the one thing, uh, Kevin, I want to talk to you about is. Sean Payton, I don't know if you watched his post game, but he was about to shank a member of the media.
0: That was Sal Palantonio. That was. Yep.
3: Uh, Kevin and I love it. Like I want. My I would have coach- paid for that. What's that?
2: That I would have paid for that.
3: I like it when the coach is as surly and pissed off as the fans in the post game. Like I, d- the one thing that drove me cr- drove me nuts about Hazlitt was just, we'll get it corrected. We got to play better. We got some fig. We got to get the gaps. You take out six plays. We'll be,
0: we'll be fine.
3: We'll be fine. We just got to play hard. We, you take out eight plays of 20 yards or more, and we have the fifth best defense. Like, that drove me nuts. Or, oh, Belich- yeah. or Belichick, where it doesn't give you any motion. I like
0: ha- – the- Hazlitt's standard s- sentence was, he'll be fine. We'll be yeah. fine.
3: We'll be fine. So, Kevin, do you enjoy the pissed off Sean Payton as much as I do?
2: Um, actually, like, what happened was yesterday, I saw a bunch of people just, like, tweeting, like, saying, oh, keep it classy, Coach Payton, all this other kind of stuff, I mean, and these, are, and these aren't Saints fans, these are just people who are just from fans of other teams that would probably personally drive over the head coach of their own team uh, in the parking lot if it meant that uh, they could get somebody like John Payton as their head coach, um, and then, the, you know, the, the, they were saying like, "Oh, he dropped, he dropped an epic, an epic rant." And I, I watched it, and I'm like, "Eh, you know, more you know, these people were comparing it to like Moore and Ditka. I'm like, Moore and Ditka's stuff was was legendary. This is just, this is like whatever. This isn't even Belichick standard in being pissy. And I, I just, I kind of just paid it no mind. Until I uh, read a tweet.
0: He was being – you're right. He was being pissy. He wasn't melting down.
2: No. Right. And and I read a tweet this morning that actually made total sense, and now I side more with Sean Payton. And it was uh, something to the effect of all last year – or, or, or th- this, guy, this guy spent an entire year getting railroaded by the national media. What makes you think he's going to he, – he's not going to uh, – Fire back at them given the chance.
3: Yeah.
2: And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, especially knowing that it was Sal Penantolio. Yeah. Fuck and that Andrew. Guy. Piss on that guy. Yeah. If Sean, listen, if, if he says something and Sean Payton wants to fire back at him, good.
3: Go for <laughs> yeah. it. Andrew, I didn't have a problem with the play. I really didn't have a problem with the play calling at the yeah. end of the game because Detroit had their timeouts and the Saints' running game was nothing.
0: Yeah, so, look, I mean, the end around to Josh Hill, the fake punt with Thomas Morstead. You know, if if you want to criticize Sean Payton, there's plenty of examples in history uh, to kind of look back at mistakes. The end around to Devery Henderson oh. in Tampa years ago. I mean, you know, I, that, those are three plays off the top of my head that are just inexplicable, yeah. crazy calls. And yeah, I mean, nothing in this game came even remotely close to that. Um, it I boils thought it was down gr- to I thought,
3: Andrew. I mean. I thought the the game plan was kind of brilliant, where he they, they, they weren't running no huddle, but they were quick snapping and doing quick throws, and they had Detroit off-bounds. I thought the plan itself was pretty damn good, actually.
0: Yeah, Surprisingly, the receivers, I mean, Kenny Stills and Marcus Colston both had fantastic games. They played well. Uh, you know, obviously, the running backs getting banged up, you know, the fumble by Kyrie Robinson hurt. Obviously, the Drew Brees interception was a killer. Um, but I thought offensively, uh, the Lions were able to completely shut down the running game, and notwithstanding, the Saints were still making plays.
3: Kevin, as we as we look at this team and they're and they're two and four, and the NFC South is still a shit show. But I feel like they had a bunch of throws yesterday where like. Their corners are just so terrible, and I, I like at this point, like,
0: although that pick by Keenan Lewis was incredible
3: it was incredible, but Kevin, I mean
0: is is
3: is what we saw yesterday is that the ceiling for this defense in 2014?
2: Yep, yeah, because i i, I can't I can't see them doing. I can't see them doing better than that. I can't, and 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 that's, and that's the other funny thing is, I well no, I have to stop myself from trying to make that point because I was going to say well they gave up twenty nine they gave up, uh, what the, how many damn points they gave up they gave 24. up twenty five, twenty four. It's yeah, four okay. i'm I, you see, I'm shell shocked. They gave up twenty four points anyway. Uh, but that's irrelevant because the the Drew Brees enters the the, the interception there at the end and that put them right, right on their own, uh, on their own 20 or 25 or whatever anyway. So it's not like they had to drive a, a great distance and the defense still had to, was playing on their heels anyway. But yeah, all told, this is the, uh, I, I, I definitely think that's the, that, that's the best that this defense is going to play. Uh, I said it yesterday in the post game that, that if they don't, target the secondary with the first pick in the draft, or, or at the very least trade down to get more picks. Uh, somebody needs to get their head examined.
3: Yeah, I mean, Andrew, it's, it's August, so people, people were tweeting me today. They're like, are they going to shake up the roster uh, after Carolina when they have the long bye? And I was like, it's October. There's no, there's no solution that's outside the building. Like it is like their secondary is what it is. You're not, you're not signing a guy October and he's going to be a starter at corner. That's that, that's not going to happen. But if you had to say behind Keenan Lewis, if, if you were the secondary coach or Sean Payton, how would you play them based on your grades so far?
0: Well, uh, I mean, I just, just t- taking a step back for a second. Um, the one, you know, a lot of people ask me what's wrong And, um, you know, I think the one common denominator here is the number two cornerback or just backup cornerbacks in general. The quarterback's not named Keenan Lewis. Um, You know, it's just if they had a serviceable corner, as many problems as this team has and as many mistakes as they've made offensively, um, if Jabari Greer never has that ACL injury, this team is probably five and one right now the one common denominator you can look to in every single one of these losses is horrific coverage by the number two corner. I mean, obviously you point back to Patrick Robinson in a couple of those games, and since Corey White has taken over, he's largely been a disaster too. Um, so for me, again, I, I think it, that that's the main issue. And I don't know that the Saints have – I don't know that they have anyone that, that it, it's going to fix itself. I mean, I, I for me at this point, I think – Corey White and Patrick Robinson have clearly demonstrated they can't do it. At some point, yes, Brian Dixon has kind of been very up and down so far, but at some point I think you just roll with the rookie and let him learn on the fly, and yeah, he's going to get beat, but you know what? These guys, that they're not improving, and I think we've seen that that's the biggest weakness on this roster. I don't really know what they can do, Ralph, honestly. I just think from a pure talent perspective – well, They're,
3: not what they can. I mean, not what they there's can. There's such we, a
0: hole. There's such a hole at number two corner. But but that's going to be what the weakest all year. What you're telling me is Dixon.
3: Is what what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, I mean, or you know, I don't know if Stanley. I just don't think Stanley Jean Baptiste is, is is an answer this year. I think he's kind of in a. a he, he's just so raw that he's going to have to learn and hopefully he. Dixon improves. Dixon is bad. He doesn't seem to have as good a ball
3: awareness as you want, but that's probably why he wasn't drafted. But he seems like, I don't see him trailing or getting destroyed he seems like he knows what he's doing um
0: he seems to run pretty good with receivers not i know the saints really like Corey white a lot is that he does play the run well and i yeah. think he's one of those guys where you know if a guy gets off the edge he can run up and make that tackle my guess is that is dixon not dixon's strong suit um and obviously the saints have had major issues stopping the run so um i don't know that you won't like Dixon in the position when you're struggling to stop the run. But, uh, you know, I, I look again at that game, and I, one thing I want to throw out there is what a monster game Curtis Lofton had. Oh, my and, God. Uh, if, there's, if there's one t- player on this roster that didn't deserve to lose a game like that, it's him, and I just feel so bad for him because uh, w- what goes unsaid in all of this is that he probably had the best game of his career as a Saint, um, and, and for that to go to waste is just a huge bummer. Yeah, I, I... I he melted. laid it all out there, man. I
3: melted down a little bit late on Twitter last night. Somebody's like, "Curtis Lofton, he on the on the touchdown, the seventy-three, he kind of dogged it, and he wasn't that good." I'm like, dude,
0: if he you play like Curtis, an animal,
3: I'm like, if you think Curtis Lofton wasn't the best player on the field for the Saints defense, you didn't watch the game.
0: He was uh, the best player on the field. I mean, I mean, you could argue Golden Tate, but I, I really thought Lofton was the best player on the field. Period. Kevin,
3: it's hard to look at glimmers of positive when the Saints implode so quickly. But is old man Colston – does yesterday give you a little confidence that yeah, maybe he's back? Maybe he's going to be okay because he's really been struggling.
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely think something's still there. I mean he's still got some something in the tank. I don't know how many – I don't know how, how – certainly how many more years he's got on this. But, uh, you know. Huh. Kevin, Kevin, are you in a stairwell? Yeah, actually, yes, I am in a stairwell. Yes, stairwell.
3: <laughs> Smoking, <laughs> smoking a cigarette.
2: No, I'm just sitting on the top step of a stairwell, just nice, you know, classy. Thinking, um, thinking of jumping down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, what work pays.
3: I mean, you know, you, uh, <laughs> um, Andrew, the one thing that I I feel like got completely missed in the the meltdown and at the end you know, Drew Brees threw the interception and they, the Saints didn't score to go back ahead, is the offensive line, they didn't run block well, but we kind of figured that. Detroit, they're great against the run. Um, but the offensive line, they played great for three quarters, but Drew Brees was 2 of 14 his final 14 throws. So I feel like the offensive line really started getting their ass kicked with about 10 yes. minutes to go in that game.
0: Well, I think yeah, it's not a coincidence that obviously Jonathan Goodwin got hurt. He left, um, and you know Lolito just um, it, see Ralph. It's not only you know just ability to um, block, just straight up block, but there, it's also the line calls, it's the checks. Um, that's that's just something that Goodwin he, he's played for so long, he has experience. Um, you know, he his responsibility is making a lot of, of those shifts and line calls. And Lolito, I mean, his head's probably swimming. He's not making – and I don't necessarily have examples to point back to, but I'm just saying when you're an yeah. ex, inexperienced center – Do they um, let him
3: do that or does Breeze take that over?
0: No. I mean, no. Line calls it has got to be the center. So okay. it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, Breeze can help and he can point things out. Um, but communication, especially on the interior, is key. And uh, that's something that Goodwin is very good at. I mean, look, he's been in the league for 15 years. You know, he just knows how to his, do that stuff.
3: I, so. I love that guy, but his – I mean, I just think there comes a point where players' bodies just start breaking down. And a player will never admit – you know, even like Chris Carr. I was to Chris Carr on ESPN. He's like, I'm not – I wasn't done. I could have kept playing, but uh, I realized that I just couldn't recover like I wanted to. But I could have kept playing. Like, players just never – admit they're well that they're that's done. exactly
0: that- it with good yeah. one actually i i don't think it's i don't think it's a, an issue of age as much as he got an in he got he got an injury and he's like you he, exactly like that he didn't recover yeah and, you know he's not recovering and i think he's trying to play through it and so it, i mean you know the 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 knee issue was on the same leg and it was just you know yeah. it's, it's one of those things where you know once one thing in your body is thrown off balance everything else starts to hurt and um, this is the same ankle, so you know he just re-rolled it. I mean, he, so it's it's just this constant in, re-injuring himself in the same place.
3: Yeah, I mean, God, Kevin, is there? I mean,
2: Juge, how Judge, how how distraught were you yesterday when that happened? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, I mean, you know, it good one's my boy, but it, it's part of the the game. I mean, any any player can get injured, and so um, yeah, it's it's a bummer, but it's not like um. You know, putting a gun in my mouth or anything.
3: Kevin, I'll start with you. Well,
2: yeah, because we can hear you. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Kevin, I'll start with you. And uh, mentally, I rarely do this with the Saints, but I do it sometimes. And yesterday, I was guilty. When it was 23 to 10, mentally, I was like, this is done. They're three and three.
2: Were you ever at that point during the game?
0: Yeah, I mean, how could you not be during the Kenny Vaccaro interception? I mean, yeah,
2: I I was like I was like, wow, man, two two interceptions in the same game. Uh, this is uh this is providence. Yeah, you know, I, I I felt like okay, this is you know, ship's been righted. Yeah, ship's been righted.
3: I mean, is there anything is there anything else that we need? I feel like. The game we 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 did in the post game and, there, and there's not much to, you talk, we talked about the collapse. I mean, there's not much else. To, is there anything else that we're?
0: I mean, at this point, I'm just convinced we're never gonna see a road win ever again in the, in the history of the franchise. <laughs> when was I mean,
3: the last one?
0: I mean, Besides obviously Philadelphia, player. um, God, I don't even remember when's the last time they won a regular season road game. Chicago, last year.
3: Ah, is it Chicago last year? Holy
0: shit. I mean, they lost to the Patriots, the Jets, the Seahawks, the Panthers, the Rams. Those were all road games.
2: What about the Bucks? Didn't they beat the Bucks?
0: Oh, it might be Atlanta, actually. It might it, be the Falcons. It's Atlanta, 17-13. My wife just corrected me on that. Wow, my, 13, my, my Atlanta, wife knows Saints history better than I do. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, that's – so, I mean, that – I, at this point, I seriously like there, there's some sort of voodoo going on, and obviously the Saints are completely snake bitten. I mean, they can't close games. They, they, it's like they get so close now and they can't even do it. I, it's it, there, there's some jinx going on. Yeah, well,
3: I mean, d- Kevin, when was the last time the Saints had a se- Not counting 2012 because 2012 is its own category. But when was the last time the Saints had so much go wrong as far as? The number one free agency signing blows out his knee in practice not even a month in. Uh, they're just having horrible, horrible luck. When was the last time you can remember that they had just a season where this sort of dark cloud just descends on them? Not 2012, obviously.
2: Uh, shoot. I, I, I think you don't – you'd probably you, – you have to go back to like the seven late 70s or the 80s, man.
3: No, I don't I, know about that, but I, mean, I wasn't – I mean, those are – those are – I mean, those – these Saints teams, that's not that.
0: I mean, I mean, guys, I'm going to come out and say it. This season is starting to feel like a Ditka year.
3: Yeah, I mean, it it kind of does. It kind of – you know –
0: It's starting to feel that way. You
3: know, it kind of feels like 98, where they were they, – they, they came out in 98, and they look fantastic, the opening game. Billy Joe – Holbert look, looked great, looked fantastic. He looked great, and they blew out the Rams. And but Holbert blew out his Achilles. So then they put in Werfel, and they started three and zero. And they were the, the 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 team that made the playoffs was the was the Cardinals, I think, at eight and eight. So the Saints were like in it until the very end of the year, but they just like couldn't get over the hump, and it was just like they had like four or five just brutal, brutal losses and um it kind of it kind of does feel like that maybe even more i mean maybe in 2008 they had some brutal losses too guys but i mean kevin at the end of the game yesterday for the mm-hmm. first time maybe ever i had no confidence in breeze at all and it felt really weird and it felt it felt really weird and i felt
0: dirty you're you're talking about the final drive
3: i'm talking about the final drive so yeah and so andrew i want you to jump in too but kevin i thought i was like they're not they're not winning this and that was the first time i think ever where i was just like breeze isn't doing it it's just not happening whereas before even i was like breeze can get breeze can pull this out breeze can pull this out we got this we got this yesterday i was like no and it made me really sad that i knew that it was going to end horribly
2: I don't. I don't think I was even thinking like that. I was just still too, <laughs> too damn shell shocked. I was like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! What? What? They were up 13 with four minutes to go. How the hell? How did this happen? And then and there were Lions fans at the bar yelling and hooting and hollering, and I'm just like, "Jesus Christ." Yeah, please the, help me.
3: The Breeze scramble did gave me a little bit of hope because I was like, maybe he'll be in the press conference and he'll lead him to a winning field goal, and then they'll joke about you know, how he saved the seat, saved the game by scrambling for a first down. But it quickly ended. So Andrew, that last drive, did you was your faith in Breeze any different?
0: Uh, well, I mean, obviously it makes a big difference when your all world tight end is. I mean, he shouldn't be playing. I mean, I guess he was out there technically, but realistically he wasn't out there live um, action geek, boy yeah and I mean that, that obviously made a big difference I mean you could just see it the the lines were dropping everyone into coverage and getting plenty of pressure with four guys and so I think it was less about breeze and more about you know him not having time his receivers not getting open Jimmy Graham not really being out there um you know it was just too much to overcome so no I I I felt like the writing was on the wall after the Lions scored. I I mean, I I still felt like they they didn't need a touchdown. All they really needed was to get in field goal range. So, I mean, sure, I I was hopeful that, you know, they would still pull it out. Um, But, um, you know, obviously I was surprised that they converted that fourth and ten. I was shocked that they did that. And, um, you know, just they weren't getting anything going.
3: Kevin, the only bright spot that continues the ember of hope that the saint season has is that the nfc south every week we say it's a shit show but it tops itself every single week in comedy uh dave who is not joining us our fearless leader he kept saying they're going the carolina's gonna get to nine or ten wins gonna get to nine or 10. that's not happening kevin clearly is the right. winner in the South getting to eight wins? I think it's a legitimate question at this point.
2: Well, I mean, we talked about that yesterday, and, and and I said I said at best they're getting a nine, and and that's if a lot of things break their way. But they can definitely like there's 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 a a good possibility that 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 the team that wins the NFC South is going to do so with eight wins, probably even seven, Man. and and. I'm telling you, man, I I almost kind of hope that it is seven wins.
3: I, dude, I want the seven and nine Saints to host the 12 and four Cowboys. Or better yet, I want the six and ten Saints to host the 12 and four Cowboys. <laughs> Andrew, I'm going to go through Carolina's schedule because, look, Atlanta, I don't
2: All think- right, I, guys, I got to go. I got okay. to bug out. See you right. Give
3: me a prediction on Green Bay.
2: Oh, Jesus. Uh, so yeah. So last night on Sunday night football, Al Michael said that the last four games or whatever they've played or last three games, they're averaging 30, 70 points total combined. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say they get to 70. I will say that it's going to be 45 to, uh, 45 to 27 Packers. All right. right. And I, I feel, I feel dirty saying that.
3: All right, Hal, thanks for giving us time. All right, bye. Oh. All right, later, man. So Andrew, we're gonna go through Carolina's yeah. schedule for shits and giggles, and you tell okay. me where they're gonna get to eight wins if they're gonna get there. Because okay. Atlanta, they're two and five, so they're technically not out of it. But talking to the alcoholic today on Twitter, I asked him a serious question. I was like, "If you guys go to go to London and Detroit houses you, Mike Smith surviving the bye week, and he's like." I don't think so. So, I don't think I. I think you. Can, can we safely say Atlanta's out of it? They're not.
0: I think Atlanta's one injury away from not winning another game. I mean, I really think it. You know, they they're so banged up on the offensive line. I yep. think. I think Julio Jones or Matt Ryan. You know, want, want one more key player, and and it's it's. They won't. They won't win another game.
3: Okay, so let's look at Carolina's schedule. They host Seattle. Seattle That's struggled a bit but
0: Struggle but they, they're desperate for a win. I think Seattle will win that game.
3: Okay. They host the Saints on Thursday.
0: I think they'll win that game.
3: Okay, that gets them to five. They go to Philly.
0: Well wait, they only have three now, right? They
3: only have three. So okay, so that'll that get them,
0: them to four. four that right? gets them to
3: four. Philly. They go to Philly.
0: I think they'll lose.
3: Okay. They host Atlanta. Uh they'll win. They'll win. That's five. They go to Minnesota.
0: I think they win that game.
3: That'll get them to six. They hope they go to the Saints.
0: I'll say they lose that.
3: They host Tampa. Win. So that gets them to seven. They host Cleveland.
0: I'll say they lose that one.
3: Okay, and they host Atlanta.
0: They'll win that one.
3: That gets them to eight. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the reason why I think they're gonna have a hard time getting to eight, Andrew, is because. Atlanta's banged up on the offensive line, so that's really going to be like two free wins for them. But when they play Tampa at home or when they play at Minnesota, their rush defense is so bad, they give up 5.4 yards of rush. And when you're rush defense – I mean, Andrew, you know this from 2012. When you can't stop a team from running the ball, it doesn't matter how bad their quarterback is because they just hand the ball off. Yeah. And I could see Tampa or Minnesota run for 160 yards and then Bridgewater's can make easy throws and Lennon can make easy throws. So I think they're going to have a hard I think they're going to have a hard time getting eight. You know, and I mean I don't want to I don't want to go through the, the whole schedule exercise with the Saints cuz by by this time the Saints are are week to week, but I mean Carolina since they started 2 and 0 Andrew, they they give up 35 a week.
0: Yeah, I mean if I if I'm a, being honest here, I, I would much rather get crushed by the Packers and win the Thursday night game in Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that would put the Saints at three and five. Um, but they don't have the tiebreaker over the Panthers and then you just hope that the next time you play them you win. Yeah. Um at home. And so, you know, if I had to pick one win over the next two um you know you pick the win over carolina and they're kind of still in it regardless yeah. regardless of what carolina does next week so i
3: want to i, I want to agree to that andrew but i feel like i feel like this game sunday night like if the saints don't come out and play credible and they, or they get housed at home like that's the last vestige of their team that they still believe in. They're like, we can, we 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 win at home and we dominate on Sunday night and and we win. So if they can win on Sunday night, even if they go to Carolina and get rolled, you could be like, they they still they win up they they win all their home games still. They beat Green Bay at home. They won't play a team as good as Green as good as Green Bay the rest of the way at home. They still have five home games. They still have a shot. But if they get housed at Green Bay, I feel like they limp to Carolina. They lose to Carolina. They're two and six and then they're kind of done. So I just feel like. Man, like they got it's like this Sunday is kind of the last stand for me. I feel like
0: I just feel like we've discussed the <laughs> the biggest right. weakness. You know, I've, I've said that a couple of times now, and uh, that plays right into the hands of what the Packers do best, which is throw the ball. Yeah. And look, the Packers, I mean, offensive line is banged up. The offensive line hasn't been great. The Packers give up a lot on the ground. So the Saints are definitely going to be able to run the football on those guys. Uh, be nice to have Jonathan Goodwin, and I'm sure sure they won't. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously that's going to hurt. But I, I think the Saints will be able to run the ball. I, I don't think – I think people are saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to come in and run the Saints out of the Superdome. Uh, I think that easily could happen, but I think this matchup is um, – you know, there's some things the Saints can definitely do to hurt yeah. this team. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I just right. think the Saints' biggest weakness plays into the Packers' wow. biggest strength. The, the, so. the
3: Packers are – have some injuries at corner i'll have to check and see if they're back but they had some injuries at corner not this past week but two weeks ago i don't know if they their corners played we'll have to see um before we get to predictions though we're going to do twitter questions uh uh let's see so cha-ching says how many pineapples does one have to shove up their own ass in order (laughs) to be considered a real fan
0: i like that question i like that question Ah, that's funny. I mean, here's—I've a- always said this. Look, I, I mean, I, I'm a season ticket holder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, I—I've been a fan since since a little kid. I've been diehard. I've—I've I've been through numerous miserable seasons. Um, I feel like, as a fan, I've earned the right to criticize the team if I yeah, want to. Yeah, I mean, it's not—it doesn't make me a bad fan. No,
3: and look, to you know, people ripped me in
0: my comment today because I
3: said five and eleven. Look, I feel that way. But I'm going to I got the plane tickets to three more home games. I got to, I'm going to Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Carolina. I'm not changing my plans. I'm still going. Um you know, you could be a fan however you want to be a fan. Yeah. And you look,
0: I, for some people it, 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 they call it realism. You know, I think for some people it's just hey, I'm I'm looking at what I see on the field and the product isn't good. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, yeah. if you want, if if you want to be one of those fans that's like they're winning the ten, the next ten games they're going to go on a ten game win streak. They're still going twelve and four. I mean, sure, I applaud you for that, but it's not realistic. I mean, I, I don't think anyone can, with a serious straight face, unless you're a little insane, can truly believe that the Saints are going twelve and four at this point. Yeah, so, and
3: I mean, yeah, and I mean, I picked, I picked them to win twenty eight twenty seven. I want them to win. I don't,
0: you know, of course, of I, course. I, I,
3: I I I much rather them.
0: But for for some Saints fans, I mean, we know this, Ralph, from the people from the '60s and '70s. Part of it's a defense mechanism, you know. So you don't, you don't, you've you've built yourself up so much, and now you know we're we're licking our wounds, and so it's almost like being down on the team, you know, kind of lowers your expectations, and so it doesn't hurt quite as much.
3: Yesterday was the first time that really started to creep back in for me, Andrew. Because yeah. that had been that tr- truthfully that baggage. I know people talk about it and Wang and angry hoot at and different bloggers talk about. It. For me though, when Tracy Porter intercepted the pass in the Super Bowl, that baggage i really put that aside. And like through 2010 was one of my favorite years. The Saints pulled games out of their ass that whole year. They were like a eight and eight team that on championship swag alone and Drew Brees went eleven and five. I mean, yeah. they they pulled out games they had Cincinnati and in Atlanta they had pulled out a bunch of games they had no business winning, and I just the Dallas game on Thanksgiving I was just like they, they're winning this game like of course they are you know and it was fun but yesterday it started to creep back in when he got the seventy yard touch and I was like oh boy this is not this is not gonna end well and it it started like that negativity started to creep back in and it's just these you know these 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 losses of three points two points one points they 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 get you
0: yeah. Um, well, I think it weighs on the fan it weighs on the players, yeah I and mean, you, you know at some point it's a mental block that you're just not finishing games well and uh, I think it's you know, when you start to lose that killer instinct when yeah. it happens to you enough times, I think the mentality starts to become, oh, here we go again yeah
3: you gotta i mean they gotta win they, they, they eventually when you you can say you're good you're good, you're good, but if you lose enough, eventually you go yeah we, we we're kind of terrible um, yeah. another question from adam from from uh Adam Fauché is, if Goodell showed up on Bourbon Street on a Friday night, would he be alive on Saturday morning? Hmm. I think he would be, but I think he'd probably be like naked or wearing a dress. They would definitely like drug him, and he'd wake up in like a like a, like in a dumpster somewhere. I don't think I don't think New Orleans people would kill him. But I think honestly, have a lot-
0: I I think I think there's low. The anger is low right now. I think it it's true. I mean, the, the stage of grief right now in New Orleans is 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 depression. Yeah, you know, I think we're just really down, and it's kind of inexplicable. Like, how are these guys two and four? What happened? Yeah. What's wrong with this? You team? know, and it wasn't so even, it, At some it, point people will start to get more angry, but I don't yeah. I haven't seen that yet.
3: Yeah, and the thing is the thing is, you know, uh, when they even 2007 they came off the NFC championship and everybody had high expectations. They went 0 and 4 and you could see it. They they were just I think like 3 of those two of those four losses, they just got obliterated. And you were like, "Oh man, this is not good." This game, you feel like, "Man, just a couple of plays here and there they'd be oh, they'd be okay. They'd be right in the south um, you know, but it it's, it's hard to take – and I think – you know what what makes people not angry yet, Andrew, is because, because the NFC South is so bad, people are just clinging to that. God, if they could just get it turned around and just get to mediocrity, they could win this goddamn division where if they were in the NFC East – You'd have a lot more anger because you'd be like, the Cowboys are six and one, the Saints are two and four. This ship is done. They're not getting a wild card. They're not winning this division. It's October. We're not playing for anything. And I think then the anger would really set in. I think that's part of the reason why the anger the anger hasn't come yet.
0: Oh, well, I don't know, man. I think part of you know that glimmer of hope that that. Carrot being dangled out there of of the, everybody else in your division being miserable is is that it adds more pain more pain potential down it, the road.
3: Well, down the road, but but I mean, right now, I mean, it's tough. I mean, this 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 NFC South, I it's it's all it's bad. It's it's bad. I mean, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, Carolina's going to be able to sleepwalk to a division title, I think.
3: Oh my God, I don't. If you had to resort to cannibalism which podcaster is, is getting eaten well dave of course because he's got the the man he eats like a like a like a 8 year old child and he downs like two packs of sour patches a day his his blood is practically uh you know what did you dave called them sugar blood in the open so uh,
0: high fructose corn syrup
3: yeah i mean dave is deaf i mean dave is probably getting eaten first and then I'm probably getting eaten second because after Dave is eaten, they need more food. And Kevin and Andrew can gang up on me, and I only have one good arm. So, <laughs> but then Kevin and Andrew probably fight to the death because I would say Andrew's really athletic.
0: But Kevin's got. I, I don't. The, I don't like my chances with Kevin. Kevin's new wrestling moves. Because
3: Kevin's got the wrestling moves that he can. Yeah, and he'd he take me in a
0: headlock and break my neck.
3: Yeah. I so I mean, I would say that's how it goes. But but definitely Dave is eaten first.
0: For yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so.
3: All right. On a scale of Bud Light to Moonshine, what's the hardest <laughs> Saints have ever driven you to drink? Andrew. Well,
0: I mean, shit. If if we're not at Moonshine right now, <laughs> I mean, are we ever going to be?
3: I uh, I got really really shit faced for the 2011 playoff game. Like, I just like because you know if you remember that game, it started out terribly where like Drew Brees was throwing picks and and it kind of felt like it was going to get away from the Saints, you know, early. So I got pretty drunk pretty fast. And then they started coming back, and I drank more. I drank like three quarters of a fifth of Crown, which for my little body is a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I used to, I used to get housed in college. Uh, I mean, it's during some of those Hazlitt years, um, I was definitely getting heavily intoxicated. But yeah. I don't drink as much as I used to. I have two kids now, yeah, so I, I mean, got, I can't, got, I can't drink like a hand. I got liquor.
3: really, really drunk when I would go. I go to the Saints game with my mom. I got really, really <laughs> drunk. When the Saints played Tennessee one time under Dick and they like
0: – Oh, I remember just, that game. They
3: botched the clock management at the end, of the end of the half. and I had like four of those yard uh, daiquiri drinks or whatever. Probably cost me 100 bucks. A I got really drunk that game and I think I threw up. I threw up on the way out. Oh, my, that's my, well done. My mom was kind of mortified. So <laughs> this is from Alley of Sin. Uh Which of you is most likely to plan a sabotage of LSU for the sake of a Saints win, and how would you do it? Because, Ali, as you know, this whole year, when LSU wins, the Saints lose, and vice versa.
0: Well, I think, well, Dave hates LSU, so I think Dave would, would, I I think Dave Dave would actually, I mean, if LSU were to lose and the Saints win, that's like a perfect weekend for Dave. Yeah. I think he's legitimately happy if that happens um so you know if you're talking about the lsu i think kevin's an lsu fan is he not no
3: he's in more of a notre dame guy
0: okay so yeah i think kevin also i I, yeah i think it really comes down to ralph and i I, who are both legitimately lsu and saints fans
3: i would totally sabotage lsu if lsu was having a year kind of like they're having now where they're not really in contention for anything and it would really help the saints I totally do
0: it. Well, at this point, I'll say this about LSU being an LSU fan. I've kind of resigned that, hey, this is going to be a fun year with young, talented players, and they're not good enough to win these games. They're not ready to take it to the next level. So I've kind of resigned myself that this is a little bit of a rebuilding year for LSU. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I've resigned myself to um, no. saying the Saints we- season's over because the NFC South is so bad. I can't- so,
3: I keep ah, writing it, but then I I keep writing it on Sunday when the Saints have these heartbreaking losses and it's in my column. But then by like Monday after... But then, then year, you
0: look at the standings. And I'm like, yeah, there's yeah, still a I chance.
3: And then like Brad... Yeah. Oh, by the way, go to Black and Gold Review. Uh, Bradley at Black and Gold Review wrote a
0: fantastic... I saw thing. this. He, yeah.
3: he wrote a piece. He said the Saints are the best team in the NFC South. And at first I was like, he's got to be kidding. And then he laid it out statistically. And at the end of it, I was like, He's right. The Saints are the best team in the NFC South.
1: And yep. they are.
3: I think they, they are. I think they are. I just don't know with their bad luck if they're going to be able to pull it together.
0: Um, yeah, well, see, it is a luck thing to a degree because, again, the Saints don't have teams missing last-minute field goals against them, and Carolina does. So, you know, yeah. it's, that's just – it is what it is. But – no, so getting back to the question, I mean, I would happily sacrifice every game on LSU schedule if it meant Saints win. Yeah, like I, was... I, I wouldn't really care if they, they lost out, to be honest no, with you. if they lost I mean, out. The main when... thing, I mean, I would love, at this point, the only thing that really matters for me with LSU for sentimental reasons is beating Alabama. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care if they get crushed by Ole Miss. I don't care if they get upset by Arkansas. Um, for me, I just, I would love to see them beat Bama. That would be huge. They're going to. Um, but beyond that, I don't really care.
3: I think LSU is going to get to eight and four.
0: I think that. Yeah. Great. I mean, I, I, I definitely think they will beat Texas A&M and, and Arkansas. I mean, I hope they do. But um, again, like if you're talking about sa- sacrificing one for the other, um, I'm a bigger Saints fan than a Tiger. Oh fan, yeah. But me too. you know, I, I would say My that. My
3: family's Ole Miss. So I'm like, yeah. A, so, but I will say this. I will say this one thing about LSU, Andrew, and that, you know, as, as, as bad as their quarterbacks have looked in 2012, when Alabama came to Tiger Stadium and they were number one, everybody was like, Alabama is going to crush LSU. Zach Mettenberger's terrible. There's no way he's going to be able to do anything against Alabama. And suddenly, for whatever reason, the light went on for Zach Mettenberger. He played great. Now, LSU lost in heartbreaking fashion, but the light went on for Zach Mettenberger, and he was good the rest of his time at LSU. That's the only way that LSU is beaten Ole Miss or Alabama, like they need Jennings or Harris to just start playing competently. And yeah. the thing is, if they get competent play, I think against Ole Miss or Alabama at night, weird shit happens. It's possible. But I just don't see the competent quarterback play for it to happen.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think they're capable of winning those games. It's at home. Anything can happen at Tiger Stadium.
3: Yeah, and I just I can't see Ole Miss winning a national title. I just it, it doesn't. I just it doesn't compute for me. So, no. um, that's the Twitter question. All right, let's get to the let's get to the Green Bay game.
0: Good.
3: Uh, uh, Andrew, uh, I'm going to lay out the the the, the case uh, again uh, for the Saints, and you can lay out the case against the Saints, and then you can make your pick. Uh, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers has been sacked 17 times. That's the fifth most. His sack rate, which is a combination of your dropbacks and your times you're sacked, is 7.5%, which to put in perspective, Drew Brees' sack rate is under 2%. Um, Miami damn near should have beat Green Bay. It took Aaron Rodgers being superhuman to do it. Miami ran for 130 yards. My, Ryan Tannehill looked really good, and they threw the ball. Mike Wallace had a huge game. The Saints will move the ball on Green Bay, and if they can get a turnover to they they'll be in it and have a shot. Um, now, Andrew, you can make – before you make your prediction, you can make the case against the Saints beating
0: Green Bay. Well, you just mentioned the sacks, and the Lions were the most sacked team in the NFL. I think they were second, and the Saints were able to muster just three uh, against them. So I don't really see them sacking Aaron Rodgers maybe more than two or three times um, in this one too. So – uh, that's great that they get sacked a lot, but the Saints don't sack teams that get sacked a lot this year. So, um, so I don't really see that amounting to much. And yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly I made the prediction that Aaron Rodgers is going to break in a, a single game NFL record of some sort, some <laughs> passing record, whether it's one touchdowns, passing touchdowns, yards, completions, uh, completion percentage, yards per pass, something, some NFL record is going to get broken in this game. Um, and I just, I mean, the idea of Corey White covering a starting receiver with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him is is a terrifying thought. So, well,
3: Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb.
0: Yep, pretty much. So um, it, it's not going to be pretty. I think the, uh, I think there's a strong chance that this dome streak is going to die a pain a painless, quick death. Uh, that you know, it, it's going to be one of those games where it's 21 nothing in the first quarter. <sighs>
3: I, so what's, give me a prediction.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I think at this point, um, the Saints are professionals. They'll go out there. They'll try. Um, but I, I really think this is the kind of loss in Detroit that leaves a mark. And, and, and not just figuratively, but literally. I mean, I think there's been some injuries. Uh, the Saints are really banged up after that game. And uh, so I think they're going to be shorthanded to begin with. Um, but I think mentally, too, it's, it's just tough to rebound after a while. So I, I think, it, you know, they're going to come out and uh, they're going to play a team that's red hot, uh, playing really good football right now. And Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he does best. He's going to torch this defense <laughs> and they're they're going to look they're going to look bad. And uh, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a depressing blowout. I, so that, that's how I see it playing out. I hope I'm wrong.
3: I, I um, think but, I don't think it's going to be a. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, Andrew. I think it's going to be. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to be 41-38, Green Bay. But I'm going to say it's going to be. I thought you
0: just said 28-27.
3: No, that was what I predicted last week for Detroit. Oh, okay. I, picked it, okay. I picked the Saints to win 28-27 in in Detroit. That was uh, pretty
0: close, actually. It was pretty
3: close. I mean, I, and the thing is, I had my best gambling week of the year. I went four and zero. On all my picks in my pick'em league for work, that the winner gets like seven or bucks, and my other side bets that are for entertainment purposes only. Like I hit on this, I, and I never bet on the Saints usually, but I was really confident that they were gonna come out and play really, really well off the bye, so I took the points. And LSU always rules Kentucky. I had them. I had Alabama, and uh, I had and I had um, uh. God, who did I? Oh, I had I had uh, I had I had Miami against the Bears because the Bears' defense is terrible, and all that was washed away. Andrew, I didn't I didn't even care because the Saints gagged it up against the
0: Lions. Yep, yep. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna say 45-17. Jack. I'm gonna
3: say 41-38. But the thing that's gonna make the game awful and worse than Sunday is I believe the Saints at the half, Andrew, are gonna be up. Like 24 to 10, or or 28 to 10, and people are gonna feel really really good, but because their defense is so terrible, like you say, I think it. I think Green Bay is gonna storm back and beat them, and the dome crowd is just gonna be horrified. I mean that—that's what I. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but we'll this, see. It. This
0: this has been a doom and gloom podcast. It is.
3: Well, I mean, Christ, they're two and four, and they lost in the most horrific pot. But that's how that's how I see it. I mean, I may change my mind by my Wednesday column. Uh, I sometimes do. I mean, like, it's like I have this weird draw, Andrew, that like wants – like just wants me to pick the. I want to like pick the Saints, even though everything in my brain tells me not to, and I just. Something tells me that there's going to be this comically inept three-four-in-one Carolina versus the three-four Saints for first place on Thursday. Like, and people will laugh at it for shifts and giggles. But I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I can't. I, I, I can't pick this team uh, because because of what you said. Because I just, I just don't. I just don't see them covering Green Bay's receiver in any shape or form like no. and and the thing is aaron Rodgers is playing so well he's only got one interception so he's not going to throw the ball to the saints they're not going to trick him i just i mean i i just i don't see it um so they'll be they'll be two and five and it'll be miserable but let's hope uh we're wrong andrew you'll have your your grades tomorrow the rest of them you got your offensive grades up there now right
0: that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll post those Wednesday since the podcast will be posted tomorrow.
3: Um. Do you think any NFC South team wins this week? The Saints play Green Bay. Carolina plays Seattle. Atlanta goes to London and plays Detroit. And um, I don't know who Tampa plays. Do you think NFC South – do they go winless again?
0: Well, so far what you've told me is 0-3. <laughs> I'd like to know what – uh. I'd like to know who, who Tampa plays. Um, they might have the best shot.
3: <laughs> Let me see. Tampa is playing. Doo, 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 doo. Tampa is playing. Minnesota.
0: Play- I'm gonna. They're they're at home against the Vikings. I'm gonna say Tampa wins this week. Yeah. I'm gonna say that Tampa is the one NFC South team that wins again. The so game. they'll be back in it then. They will.
3: Oh my God. Uh, t- Andrew, if I had to, if I if I gave you a hundred dollars. And I said, Carolina at eight and a half wins. Do you bet the over or do you bet the under?
0: Well, I I just picked eight, seven, and one running through their schedule. So you go um, so, under So, well, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close. But yeah, I, I would pick the under.
3: Yeah, the thing is with the thing is with Carolina, and I, and this is just being pie in the sky. But if the Saints can some kind of way pull it out on Sunday. And go to Carolina and win and get to four and four. With Carolina I'm sure to lose to Seattle and then losing to the Saints, I think they could really fall apart because I don't think Ron Rivera is a good coach. I think they could crumble and the Saints could coast to the NFC South. If they can win, if they can if they can win these next two weeks, I Guarantee you the Saints win the South. If the Saints get to four and four, they're winning the South.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree with that. If they find a way to win these next two games, then yes, I think the Saints will win the NFC.
3: It won't be like smooth sailing because they'll yeah, still have I'm on heart- board with that. They'll have heartache the rest of the way and they'll be they'll gag up some wins. But the thing is, like if Carolina would fall to three, five, and one, like I really think that could be the death blow. Like they'll come apart at the seams.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. If the Saints win these next two and Carolina wins, I'll be watching
3: that game at a casino, at an Indian casino in Palm Springs. That's gonna be exciting. That Thursday night
0: Indian casino?
3: Yeah, in Palm Springs, California.
0: They have Indian casinos? Yeah, they
3: do. They have Indian casinos in California. It's gonna be exciting. I wanna get, I wanna get drunk, you know, at an Indian casino in California. It's gonna be exciting. So, uh, for Andrew, for Kevin, for our fearless leader Dave, who is on a flight to Houston. Then on to Memphis. Safe travels, Dave. Uh, Until next week, uh, be safe.